A purple and gold good day to you, and welcome into the JMU Sports Alumni Podcast for Friday, February 5th. I'm Kurt Dudley, Director of Broadcast Services and the all-sports voice of the Dukes. Thank you for listening. When it comes to JMU women's basketball, high expectations have long been a part of the brand. After all, only a handful of programs around the nation have won more than 1,000 games, as have the Dukes. When Sheila Mormon took over the reins in 1982, quite honestly, the Dukes were coming off a couple of lean years in the win column. While Betsy Blose and Sue Manelski served as captains of the 83-84 team, a freshman from Long Island showed very early her leadership ability. In fact, that freshman one year later was a captain, and she served that role the rest of her days in a JMU uniform. Flo Jackson developed her leadership skills on the basketball court. At least that's a place where she exhibited her special skill set. She's been a leader off the court ever since. Flo is in demand as a consultant. She puts demands on herself with her other business interests and plays overtime with an extremely busy schedule. Simply arranging the time for our conversation was proof enough of that to me. But Flo did find some time in her busy workflow to join me for this JMU Sports Alumni Podcast. Well, good afternoon, Kurt. Uh, I am doing well. Thank you for having me today. Uh, and I am very busy, So, uh, but I know it's always important to spend time uh, reaching out, back out to, you know, the family that was always there for me. So uh, I love my JMU Nation. So very, very excited to be here today and spend some time with you. Well, very good. I do appreciate that. And let's let's share with our listeners uh, your basketball story and how you became a Duke. You're from New York, and when did you first learn about James Madison University and about its women's basketball program? How did it all become uh, a part of your history? Well, JMU uh, became a part of my history. I was a uh, top recruit out of New York uh, from a small town on Long Island called Wyandanche, New York. And Andy Morrison, who was our assistant uh, coach at the time recruited me, so she followed my career while I was uh, uh, out on Long Island, and she came out to to the gym and visited with me and and asked me to use one of my five visits to come out to JMU, and uh, and I decided to select JMU. I felt like I wanted uh, to be at a university where it was a little bit smaller, a little closer to home. Um, and more of a family atmosphere. So I decided to make a visit at JMU, and obviously the rest is history. Yes, and we're glad that it is part of JMU's women's basketball history as well, as uh, Flo played for the Dukes from 1983 through 1987, a three-time captain, which is very much a rarity uh, in, in women's basketball, men's basketball, or in sports in general at the collegiate level, taking that leadership role as a sophomore We'll talk a little bit more about that flow, but I'm going to talk about your game. Uh, can you describe your game and what it was that you felt you <laughs> contributed to the team as a player? Sure. Um, so my game, you know, as a freshman, uh, I had no fear, right? So I am extremely tenacious, uh, extremely confident. I think I am and was a natural-born leader. So uh, I was the type of athlete that – my entire focus was on winning games. So I played the game for fun, but at the end of the day, it was about winning games. So, um, But I was a natural-born leader. I always made sure that I 
tried to take care of my teammates. Um, but I was a visionary on the court. Uh, anybody who, you know, had an opportunity to watch me play um, absolutely understood that I saw all corners of the court, likely at all times. I almost had eyes in the back of my head. But um, either way, a uh, very, very intense player. Uh, I think if you were to look at my game, um, strong defender, obviously able to see the court, um, assist, provide assists, keeping all of my teammates involved in the game. So that was a real focus for me. But at the end of the day, it was about wins. We're, uh, just to kind of qualify and quantify actually what you're saying there, you're still number five in career steals. So that'll speak a little bit to your defense with 235 and number five in career assists. Uh, Flo, how did that tenacity, where, where did you, you said you are a natural born leader. When did you discover that for yourself, even before you got to the, the college level, I would anticipate that you knew it then. Wow. So I probably, I would say I was probably in the eighth grade. Um, in New York, they allowed you to play uh, JV basketball in the eighth grade. So I was asked to start for our JV team as an eighth grader. So I knew then, right, that there were high expectations of me and that my coaches, you know, Coach Warren Fuller and Carl Clark, they believed in me. They saw something I'm not sure that I knew was there originally, um, but they asked me to join the JV team. Um, actually, I wound up skipping over JV, going straight to varsity. So I joined our varsity team as an eighth grader um, on Long Island. So, And I was expected to start, so I didn't come off the bench. So, you know, I knew pretty early on uh, that there was a lot, expected of me and put on my shoulders and that I was a true leader because even then we won a lot of games. We won the state championship in New York. So um, I knew as an eighth grader. I would think that coach Andy Morrison, as you mentioned, who saw you first and, and helped to recruit you to James Madison, probably realized that you were maybe beyond your years in, in maturation because of your leadership skill and ability but I'm I'm pretty certain, though, as well, that while you were playing for the Dukes, there was still some additional development uh, for you as a student and as an athlete. Did, did you feel comfortable right away, or can you describe to me that aspect of your growth as a student athlete? So I think every freshman uh, goes through an adjustment period. Um, those athletes that come in um, with high expectations are typically pushed to step outside of the boundaries. So as a freshman, you know, as a freshman, I'm trying to show respect to my teammates and just be a part of the team. And I will say probably in early December of, of my freshman year, Coach Mormon said, okay, I'm tired of you just being another player. Show me what you have, right? So she says, I need you to turn it up. I need you to want to be the leader of this team. So actually, I took over the starting point guard position probably at our Christmas break. When we returned, I was the starting point guard because she told me to just forget about trying to be nice to my teammates, that we were there to win games. And, you know, I'd already proven that I could go to class and get decent grades. 
as well as play basketball. And that's what I did because, like I said, I was I wanted to win. So if and and I trust my coaches. So um, back then, if they told whatever they asked us to do, I stepped out of the box and did it. So um, I, I attribute that to Coach Mormon. <laughs> well, you <laughs> know, tough, well, as, but it was good. <laughs> as I as I hear you say that, and you're kind of quoting if you would, um, Coach Mormon, you sounded a lot like Coach Mormon in even saying that. So uh, there's definitely that installation there uh, and her influence there with you. We've gone to some some deep aspects of Flo Jackson, but let's talk about the games themselves. Are, are there standout games or maybe stretches during your career? As I look, you know, your first year as when the Duke's a freshman, 13 and 15, but then after that, no less than 22 wins, you know, a season. Uh, are, are there pockets of time or things that just really jump out at you at the front of mind when you think about your playing days? Well, there, there's a few. Um, you know, I'd say as a sophomore, we went um, out to Virginia. We wound up upsetting Virginia uh, in the NCAAs. We had won the CAA tournament my sophomore year, and we were able to get an at-large bid. And, you know, I think – and I speak probably for our entire team at the time, that was, a, that was important. That was big. That's how the CAA um, was able to get an at-large large bid each year. We were the first to do it in the CAA. And that was important to us. Um, we didn't have to fight and get voted in after that. Uh, we were able to prove to the country how good we were. Um, and then we went on to uh, be get into the to the NCAA tournament, and I think that was another big one. You know, winning our first Sweet 16 was absolutely um, the greatest high. I think the first one was almost better than the second time that I went to the Sweet 16 because you know it wasn't something that I think we really thought we could do until we were faced with the challenge. So I think we, you'll be amazed at what you can do um, when the challenge presents itself. So uh, those were two of my highlights outside of the, the various championships that we won. JMU women's basketball, even before your arrival, had a good reputation and, and generally speaking had a winning record. I mean, it's one of the winningest programs in the history of, of women's basketball. You go back only a few programs have won over 1,000 games. Uh, I think JMU, if memory serves me, was the fourth program to ever do it, and that wasn't that long ago to hit that milestone. But in those three years, as I mentioned, 22-7, uh, and seven, which was that year that uh, the Dukes upset uh, Virginia, 28-4 uh, and four after that, 27-4 and four the year after that. Flo, do you and your teammates from that era, do you feel like you were kind of the, the real foundation, the real uh, cement that that held up and established the expectations for what the JMU women's basketball program is today. And of course, Sheila Mormon and that coaching staff had a lot to do with that as well. But is there a sense of pride with your group in that as you continue to at least try to keep an eye on what the current Dukes are doing? We absolutely have pride in that. Um, we, we talk about it all the time. And when we have the pleasure of meeting the new Dukes, you know, we're excited and we try to instill that pride in those teams because um, we do feel like we were the, the foundation. We we started what we call the dynasty. Um, but the, the message that I send to each team is create your own history, right? Create your own. But at the end of the day, um, we want it to be a win, winning history. 
um, we believe in and putting it and leaving it all on the floor. So um, we're proud to feel like we started that, but we know we're not the ones that are going to finish it. And that's what really makes us happy. And we look forward to as a group coming back and supporting the teams, you know, each year when we have an opportunity. And it's not always easy, but, you know, we want the teams to know that we are thinking about them, even if we're not always there because we all live all over the country. So. Yeah, I would imagine that's also a way that you kind of perpetuate your career because they're still carrying the legacy that the, that that's you certainly right. did help to establish. How much has has your basketball career? How much has it influenced what you do today uh, from the day to day career? Um, you know, the leadership. You still are our leader. I think, uh, like you said, it, it started in the eighth grade, but it is continuing now uh, <laughs> into your career. Well, for me. Um, you know, today I am a managing director of of a consulting services company. So for me, I manage, you know, 30, 40 consultants. And so the leadership is still there. I've only ever worked in leadership roles. Um, so it's something that, once again, I say I'm, it's a natural for me. It's not for everybody. And so I'm able to use that and forge, you know, positive relationships, yet drive the team um, to be productive and and to have high quality output. So, you know, my teammates will tell you I was tough to play with because my expectations are really really high. I put more pressure on myself um, than anybody could ever put on me. So, I've been able to carry that over into my professional career, um, which I too am very successful at. So, you also said something that kind of struck me. I wrote a note here. Uh, about your eighth grade teacher, your eighth grade coach, that is, when you were at JV, saw something in you. And then you also mentioned that you as a player were a visionary. Uh, that probably is something that continues to carry you on in this, in a role as a leader in consulting. You have to see a lot of things that other people don't see because either blinders or whatever you know um, blocking method that they have uh, it, it, would that be a fair statement about you, Flo, that you do have that, that vision to see what others may not? I absolutely am a visionary. That's exactly what I see. You know, as a consultant, you know, most people ask, well, what type of consultant are you? So I am a management consultant who actually assists clients in um, understanding how to run profitable businesses. So I have to see things before they see it. So I must be able to look, you know, into them and find out what they have to contribute to the company and what they are good at and then help them to build the pieces around them to help them be successful. So um, as a visionary, I have to take their desires and develop a strategy and implement a plan that will allow them to achieve whatever it is that they desire, whether it's more money, whether it's more time with family. Um, so as a visionary, I have to take small pieces and put it together and then develop it into a, a real idea, something that comes to fruition. Um, and I think that's the greatest joy in what I do today. Um, I've been able to successfully help, you know, hundreds of clients um, achieve their goals. So it's pretty exciting to do what I do. Yes. Well, you you do sound extremely busy. So, Flo, when when you're in a decompression <laughs> mode, 
if you get a chance to be in a decompression mode? What is it that uh, that allows you to relax? And what do you do just in your little bit of free time or spare time or time that it's just for flow? Do you have that um, time? Unfortunately, I don't, I don't get a lot of free time for flow. So, But I do, you know, I spend time. Uh, I like to travel a little bit, so I may, you know, take a quick trip, you know, out west because I live on the East Coast. Um, but I enjoy spending time with some of my friends, some of my JMU friends. Um, I have lots of friends here in Charlotte, which is where I'm located. And Erin Mahoney, who you know, is in Harrisonburg. So she, Georgia, Darren, Suflin, we like to get together and spend some quality time. So um, I enjoy spending some downtime uh, just relaxing or with friends. Well, we hope and that maybe next year we can get all you guys back up here again. Uh, to the beautiful Atlantic Union Bank Center. You're going to love that facility. Uh, it does show a lot of the JMU women's basketball history as well as the men's around the program, and it's something that I'm sure that the JMU women's basketball alumni will be very, very proud of as well. Well, thank you, Kurt. It's been great talking to you today, and um, definitely look forward to seeing you when we're in, we're in town. Well, thank you for your time because I know time for you is precious as uh, you are trying to find the vision for many others out there. Flo Jackson, former three-time captain of the Dukes of James Madison, our guest today on the JMU Sports Alumni Podcast. JMU women's basketball alumna, Floretta Flo Jackson. My thanks to Flo for carving out some time with me to share her JMU story. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for your time as well and for listening today. I'm Kurt Dudley. The JMU Sports Podcast Series can be heard by subscribing on Spotify, iTunes, or by visiting jmusports.com backslash podcast. You'll find them all archived right there. The JMU Sports Podcast is a production of JMU Athletics Broadcast Services and JMU Athletics Communications. Go Dukes!